Oh goody, you found me. This is Let's Get Passionate and we are just about to get started. Hey, welcome to Let's Get Passionate. I'm your host, Emily Martin. Today we're talking about children's sensory play with Alicia Machika. Hey Alicia, how are you? Hi, how are you? I'm good. Good. I'm glad. Thanks for doing this with me. No problem. Tell me about the first time you learned about intentional children's play. Um, well, I was working at a child care facility that was basically transitioning into play-based learning. And I was a bit hesitant at first because I was like, how can you not force these kids to do something? Yeah. But I, you know, after a while of learning, like something like as simple as a circle time, they were like, you can't have circle. And I was like, well, then like, how are the kids going to learn like the days of the week and stuff like that? Mm. But they're like, you can have the circle, but they don't have to sit there with you. But eventually all the kids just like the songs and stuff that they just sat there anyway. Yeah. So as long as you're, you know, grasping the kids' attention, I feel like it's fine. Yeah. And it's an easy way of doing it in a fun way instead of just saying sit down, you have to sit down. And I feel like if you're forcing them to do it, they're not going to want to do it. True. Yeah, that's so true. For me, I learned about play therapy when I was in university, which was really, really intriguing to me. So that is like completely different than just basic sensory play for children, but it's still like using play intentionally for a specific outcome. And so for play-based learning, obviously your outcome is, or your goal outcome is like for the kids to learn something new versus in play therapy, you're wanting a kid to maybe like open up about something that they've been going through in their life, but they're doing that in a safe environment where like, you're just laying on the floor playing with trains or something. And then they say something out of the blue, like, Oh, look, the train's going to leave now. It's never coming back. And you're like, Oh no. Like, why would it never come back? You know, like just kids, kids process in such a different way, which is so cool to then tap into. So what is sensory play? For me, I feel because kids learn so many different ways that you can't just be like, here's a pencil and a paper, do your letters. Mm -hmm. And like not, kids can't just sit there and do basically the letter M for 50 times in a row. Like it's not happening. People learn through like music or listening to something hands-on or some kids like to read and like actually read information. Yeah. So I feel like something like the letters, instead of doing a paper and a pencil, do like a tray of sand and have them with their finger write the letter or with a popsicle stick, like doing something more hands on catches their attention so much more than a paper and a pencil. Yeah. Yeah. That's so fun. So tell me more about how children learn like the process in their brain of hands on different textures and feelings and those kinds of sensations and how that processes for them. Um, I feel that they are engaged more. So they're interested more into whatever they can be doing. Like it can be something like math related or even a science experiment. And because they're doing it hands-on, I feel like they're paying attention so much more Mm -hmm. than basically a teacher just basically blurting out information at them. Mm -hmm. Or just doing it in front of them. Yeah. Like just showing them. Like I feel like having even a group of four kids doing the activity, at least they're feeling included and wanting to do and not just having the child sit there and watch like they're Mm -hmm. not engaged. They're not paying attention. They're going to get loose focus and wander off and do something else. Mm -hmm. I was reading on this website that I have linked below, which is parentingforbrain.com. Sounds pretty Mm -hmm. official. 
And uh, it was talking about how children um, say like dumping sand, dumping rice, dumping beads, like doing all those different things, like hearing the different sounds, feeling the different weights, Mm -hmm. feeling the different textures in their fingers. It actually like every single one that they do, even though you just think like, oh, they're playing in sand or they're digging, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily learning, but it's actually like forming synapses in the brain, which is like obviously those neural pathways. So every time they feel the weight and the sound and the and the texture, like they're putting it all together and these little neurons are firing, which I think is so neat and just like such a good thing for anyone. Yeah, for sure. Do you think that there's like a recommended age for sensory play? Um, I think there is different ways of doing sensory. Mm-hmm. I think sensory can happen starting from an infant mm-hmm. as in putting, doing like sensory bags instead of having yeah. it in an open table, having in a Ziploc bag for them to even like just putting like shaving cream in there yeah. or just water and some like beads in there just having them feel around and move around like it starts off like that yeah. and then as they grow up they can you can experiment by doing bins of, of different stuff mm-hmm. I've also seen really cool like preschool age or like even probably kindergarten age um, boards instead of sensory bins where it's mm-hmm. like all the different locks or like, you know, they do Velcro and some some stuff yeah. sticks versus some stuff like is dangling. Like that stuff is so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so many different ways you can make it with little windows for like the for like younger kids of opening it up and then they can feel the whatever texture is in there, closing it. Another yeah. One. Yeah. Georgia would be all over a locks. Like, you know, yeah. like the different types of opening mechanisms to just be all over that. Yep. <laughs> Did becoming a parent impact or affect the way that you thought about playing? I felt like I was more so like, okay, you have to do activities 24 seven. It was to the point that after school, I was like, Hey, what do you want to do? Or like after, like after daycare, like, Hey, let's still do activities after dinner. We're not sitting in front of the TV and watching Paw Patrol. Like we're doing something. Yeah. Or on the weekends, Mike thinks I'm crazy because I'm I have activities out for the children. And it got to the point that Dominic literally comes down and goes, "So what? What activities are we doing today?" That's so cute. Like he's so part of the routine of doing yeah. that. And as bad as it is, he sometimes doesn't want to go to school because he goes, "Says my activities are more fun than his teachers." Yeah. Yeah. So, like, oops, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry that I'm teaching you well. Yeah, exactly. That's so sweet, though. And I think that it's such a good balance, like, especially while we're all supposed to be locked down. Because, like, our family, like, we have a big age range, obviously. But there is a bit more screen time than we'd like. But I honestly have just said, like, I don't even care. We're surviving. It's okay. I'm forgiving myself for that. But, like, having Georgia engaged in, like, play like that is so cool. Because, like I said, if you're stuck inside, you... Their, your options are very limited. So it's really yeah. cool that you're you're being creative and finding ways to keep them engaged. Yeah, for sure. And it's also, it's hard because obviously my and Dominic are two years apart. So sometimes I have to be like, okay, this one's more so for him. So maybe I'll do it when Maya's napping or something like that. Uh, because yeah. if, she's, if she's all over it, then he'll get distracted and get like annoyed by it almost. Yeah. yeah. When he's trying to focus on what he has to be doing. So sometimes I'm like, okay, let's separate the timing of them as well. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah, Georgia would be like I was thinking about your water bin. Like I have looked at your tasteful learning Instagram page and mm-hmm. saw the water bin and Georgia would just like I'm not kidding, probably like scoop and just throw them. Like she's <laughs> insane. Like she yeah. she loves to make a mess. Like our uh, my sister-in-law has a big sensory bin like you know the one from IKEA that kind of has like those four yeah, sections. Yeah. Yeah. And 
So she had colored rice that she had made in there. And Georgia literally was just like, woohoo, doing this. I was like, no, like had to run over and grab her arms. Like, don't do that. That's not what it's for. So like yes. age specificity is for sure. Because one kid yeah. would be like playing nicely with a little bulldozer and, you know, shoveling yeah. some stuff into a pail versus she's just like I going feel, hard. Yeah, I feel like. I feel like Maya's calmed down a little bit so far. Like yeah. I think it's because of it, she's done it so often now that she's like, okay, like this is how I'm supposed to play with yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but she also sees like Dominic playing and sometimes he tells her like, can you calm down? Like, <laughs> like just stop. Yeah. This is not so. how a dignified person plays. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's so funny. He he's always been a kid that doesn't like to get messy. Yeah. So Tyson he, too. Yeah, so he is more into like numbers. Like he's crazy about like math. Cool. So like he for for whatever reason he likes math and rainbows. Yeah. So that's why um if you saw like I did that whole rainbow math equation and yeah. He some kids don't like doing math, but doing something like that, he did an easy 40 questions like math equations yeah. without even like realizing what he was doing until yeah. after it was done and he saw like the rainbow completed and he was like wow, it's so pretty. I'm like, yeah, but you just answered 40 questions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's so impressive because you, you separated them into colors, which is cool because then he yeah. kind of knew what to expect where each one would be. And like you said, like without even thinking about the process, he's like, Oh, stick, 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 putting yeah. them all up. Yeah. That's so impressive. So cool. So tell me about some activities that have been a huge hit for you at home. For Maya, it's all sensory. Mm-hmm. I think her favorite is probably the green spaghetti. Yeah. And um, we put in like little gold coins and we gave her tongs to try to sort through them. Of course, she tried to eat the spaghetti, but go ahead and eat it. Like, yeah. it's not. It's going to be a very strange texture. Yeah, it's a food coloring in spaghetti. So like, if you want to eat green spaghetti, go right ahead. Yeah. <laughs> but she, was, she really likes sensory stuff. The rice is a, a good one as well. And she also loves the water beans. Mm-hmm. Um, she loves to watch them like grow and watch the whole process because it takes time for obviously to get as big as they get. Yeah, so she really loves that. Like I said, Dominic's anything numbers, anything numbers related. He wants to do math. He wants to put things in order. He wants to be more hands on and actually physically doing something rather yeah. than just playing. Yeah. So that's really where I have to kind of go and see where he kind of wants to go. Yeah. I was really happy that you made a video of how to dye spaghetti and stuff, because like Mm -hmm. my, my perspective was that if you put the dye on the outside, that it's just going to come back off. And I assume like, maybe that's what the vinegar is for. Is that like kind of what adheres it or like kind of makes the dye Mm -hmm. go into the spaghetti? Well, before when I used to make it, I would use oil and the food coloring, but Uh, it got like, so like oily obviously Mm -hmm. and I was Mm -hmm. like oh my god like it's making a mess everywhere Mm -hmm. so how you make the rice was with the vinegar so I was like I'm like I'm sure it would work the same way as with the pasta so when I tried it I'm like okay and it and it lasted a lot longer it wasn't so slimy it was more sticky but Mm -hmm. they liked it because then they cut it up after anyway (laughs) (laughs) give them a knife and fork yep so funny (laughs) So where do you find the time to learn about new materials and prepare them for them? Pinterest is like my best friend. Yeah. I'm always on there saving stuff when mine is napping or basically when their kids are both asleep, I'm kind of prepping for the week and seeing like, okay, like, do I have everything that I would need to do these activities? Do I need to go out and get anything? Do I need to, you know, cut anything out, like prep any of the activities Mm -hmm. ahead of time? 
it's very tiring. So yeah. some days it's a very easy activity the next day if I'm exhausted. Yeah. But I find that if I do like a whole week of planning instead of just like the next day, true, it's a lot easier. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I like how on your tasteful learning page, you talk a lot about cooking and spending time in the kitchen. And mm-hmm. I love how you've done like build your own pizzas and like that might have been in your personal account from before you even had yeah. taste learning. But I know you you yeah. love getting the kids involved in like putting things together for dinner. So tell me about how that started and how you've seen it grow. When Dominic was very little, we always included him into any form of cooking. We were baking banana bread. We were making pizza. We were, you know, just making a fruit salad he's always wanted to help out Mm -hmm. and so it kind of grew from there as now it's both of them wanting to help and I find that them helping in the kitchen increases how much they eat Mm -hmm. so the other night like Dominic he's always been a really good eater but sometimes he likes to talk a lot at school or rush through lunch because it's gym class and he wants to go yeah so he hasn't been eating as much there So I basically said, okay, like you're making your lunch. So then whatever you put in your lunch, you're going to eat it. Mm -hmm. And he fully made his, uh, his turkey wrap, put all his fruits and vegetables in there. And the next day it was completely empty. That's awesome. I find having them engaged in something like that, or even as simple one night, Dom just came up to me and goes, can I help with dinner? And I was like, "Mm, it's not something that you can really help with because it's like, it's using the stove or the oven but can you help me set the table? Yeah. And he set the, he set the whole table up with their forest cutlery, like napkins. Everyone had their drinks on the table. And even when the food was ready, he served the plates to the table. Aww. He fed the dogs and like, he was just every, he was ready. Yeah. Um, I find Maya is a lot more hands-on and she wants to do like something like the meatballs or like something mm-hmm. that she can actually help with not just stirring or pouring and stuff yeah. she wants to that's do, like, for babies doing. yeah exactly <laughs> she thinks she's she thinks she's grown yeah <laughs> but even from the play kitchen she loves um there's this one toy that we have in particular it's like a it's a carton of eggs but mm-hmm. they're plastic mm-hmm. but when you crack them inside there's the shapes and you have to match them up but she goes there in the plate kitchen, just banging on that thing, trying to crack that egg, egg open and put it in the pot. Like they love their plate kitchen. And I think that has also increased because they play in there more when I have them in the kitchen more. Yeah. That makes sense. Kinda, I guess to be me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that it's cool too. Like basically what I am taking away from what you're saying is that kids in general love being in control of their environment. Right. Mm-hmm. So if, if you give them that mm-hmm. bin and you say, go to town on this spaghetti, do, do what your heart desires, like explore yeah. this in whatever way you want. I think that the kids yeah. love that they have their complete autonomy to say, okay, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pick the spaghetti out like a worm and I'm going to eat it and whatever. And you're like, okay, mm-hmm. cool. Try that out. And then same okay. thing with the food, right? Dominic's like, I'd love to be involved in what I'm making. I like to, I like to be in control of the choices of my lunch and I'm going to mm-hmm. make my lunch according to how I want to. And then I'm actually going to enjoy it which is really cool. Mm -hmm. I love that you're listening to their little desires that way. Well, that's a lot of the activities as well. Like you can put down an activity and think this is what the activity is for, but yet they put a spin on the activity and do something completely different. You're like, Oh, well, I didn't really think about it doing it like that, but like go right ahead. Like they have their own ways of thinking. So sometimes I just give them random materials and see what they come up with. Yeah. That's so fun. So every kid's different, of course. And so how would you encourage a parent whose babe seems pretty disinterested in this kind of play? 
I think it's it's very trial and error. Like I said, some kids don't like getting dirty. So maybe something like a sensory bag would be helpful because they're obviously not touching this stuff physically, but a lot of people also have textural issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like they just have to basically try different things and then see where, what upsets them or what the, what the child doesn't like about that and kind of build off of that. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think there's also so many people that you can touch base with and connect with and see what is helping with their child or if they have any experience with the same kind of situation as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like you said, some kids have texture issues and some kids like to get dirty and some kids don't. Right. So if you gave mm-hmm. a kid the Ziploc bag of squishy stuff where they're not getting dirty, but they can feel how squishy it feels, mm-hmm. that might be far more enjoyable than actually putting shaving foam in a bin with stuff like hidden underneath. Exactly. Right. Exactly. I remember for Halloween, Dom would not take out the pumpkin gut. He <laughs> yeah. will not take it out. And then there's Maya just digging all of it out, pulling it out. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just something as simple that like that. And I'm like to Maya, I'm like, you're my daughter because I love yeah. doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All hands on deck. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. It's really neat that kids even with some processing disorders, if you will, like, you know, um, autism spectrum disorder, these kids can absolutely love sensory play as well. And the same way that a child with, I don't know if you want to call it normal processing can also engage. Right. So it's not something that's like very one or, or the other it's very inclusive, which I think is neat. And how you said you can have like four kids around a table, all doing it in a different way, but they're learning different things in their own way, which is really neat. And so I'm thinking about kindergarten and kids, like when you kind of start to notice where, where some delays may be, this is a really cool, engaging way to have a lot of kids participating. Yeah. And I feel that having a group of four or something like that, like they can also use their language and like actually voice, voice what they're seeing. And maybe one kid will see something different than another kid didn't even notice and they're learning with each other. Yeah. So I think the communication is also higher when there's a group of people learning the same thing. Yeah. Tell me about the cleanup of sensory tables. Cause like I was just saying, Georgia would be throwing stuff everywhere. So how do you keep it kind of contained and keep the cleanup minimal? Uh, whenever it's a water kind of activity, lots of towels down, Mm. (laughs) they do not make that much of a mess because I do it so often. I feel Mm. that they are really used to how I would want things done. And if when they, as soon as it comes out of the bin, they're putting it back in. Cause I tell them that if it comes out, then you'll have nothing to play with. Mm-hmm. It'll be all gone. Yeah. So they're kind of like, okay, like we'll try to keep it like in there. Obviously some of it goes away, like goes out of the bin, especially those water beads, those things bounce like in the entire yeah. basement and you'll still find them somewhere. Yeah. Some under point. the shelf. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No random water bead. But then after we're always done, we store them in like, you know, those like cereal containers, mm-hmm. those plastic ones. So all my sensory stuff are stored in those. Nice. So when I, when I use it, I just empty it out into that. Yeah. And so I think that I've seen you have like the big rubber made type of maybe like under mm-hmm. the bed box. Like, I don't really know what you'd call that yeah. kind of storage box. Yeah. And that's how you lay it out. So they have kind of like a bin within a bin. Yeah. So I have that big bin for, depending on what we're doing, if it's just a water plate, then I'll just fill that whole thing up. I have different size bins that sometimes I put inside there. So then it kind of does a separator. Yeah. Yeah. So we can have like a space. Yeah. If beads bounce out, they kind of get caught in there. Yeah. Yeah. That's smart. And I think I have um, a, a mat from when I lived in my mom's, like when I was a kid, it's kind of like this 
rubber on one side and cottony on the bottom. I don't know if you can picture what I'm talking about. It's kind of like mm-hmm. sewn together like a quilt or something. And that yeah. thing is so good underneath our activities. So we put that under a Lego. Like if Brooke wants to dump a whole Lego bin out, that goes under yeah. there because you could just fold the sides up and Lift dump everything up. back in. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a good way to do it too. Yeah. Having like some sort of huge place map. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what's your favorite store to buy your supplies at? Uh, my favorite store of all times is Dollarama. Yeah. Mike one time for my birthday got me a Dollarama gift card thinking <laughs> that he was funny, but I was in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, thank <laughs> um, you. Yeah, exactly. I find I like to go to Dollarama because I want people to be able to afford any of the stuff that I'm doing. Yeah. Like, I don't want to go to all these expensive places and be like, look at this cool activity. It only costs you this much money, but not everybody can afford to do that. Yeah. And I feel like Dollarama has really stepped up their game on how much they have there now. And totally. you can get so many different things there now. Yeah. When I worked in children's ministry, I worked at our church for a year or not even a year before Georgia was born. And that was like the one-stop shop. It'd be like, we need all these things for all these different grade levels. Go find it. It's at the dollar store. Well, it was to the point that when I was working at the daycare, they used some other offset, like kind of booklet to order from. And it was so expensive for what it was. It would be like a box of popsicle sticks would be like three times the price of a dollar in my hat. And I was like, Mm. but why can't we go there? And I followed with them so many times. I'm like, can you just give everybody a dollar in my gift card and we can submit our receipts to do it that way because we can get so much more for the kids if we do it that way. Yeah. So I know. I think it was a constant battle. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so where are you working right now? Like you don't have to say that Um, place, obviously. I'm actually staying home now. How are you? So once, yeah, I'm staying home with, with Maya and uh, I'll be, I'm bringing Dom to school every day. Yeah, that's awesome. And are you still doing courses of your own? Not really right now. I haven't really figured out like what the next step is. We are kind of just waiting until maybe Maya goes to school and then seeing where things are. Yeah, nice. So you just get to use them as your little experiments. Yeah. That's so awesome. <laughs> So what are some resources you would recommend to a parent who's interested in learning more? Um, I feel like Pinterest is a big one because you can basically type in anything and yeah. things pop up. Yeah, sensory <laughs> bin, like, a million results. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, on Instagram, there's so many different accounts that have this kind of stuff and they post so often that you get, you, you know, you feed off of them and you get ideas from them. And it's a lot of stuff that you can kind of try on your own. Yeah. I saw an account on Instagram. I think it's called little play ideas. That has been one of my mm-hmm. favorite ones to just see for sensory bins and stuff. Cause that's mostly what they focus on. And then, um, yeah. something that I really want to get this year is a mud kitchen for outside. Yeah. So there's someone local to us that builds them herself, I guess, with like the steel bowls and the little utensils mm-hmm. and the wooden structure. And I just think that'd be so much fun because our, yeah. our lawn is not grass or is not grass. Like our yard is just basically cedar droppings and mud yeah. so it's just perfect yeah. perfect for a kitchen yeah yeah exactly Muddy kitchen yeah <laughs> how can our listeners follow along with what you're up to i'm on instagram as peaceful learning i post basically every day of some sort of activity right now we just uh we're just finishing up basically st patrick's day themed activities until yeah. basically wednesday on st patrick's day and then after that will be easter stuff yeah, that's going to be so fun. I love all the Easter colors. Mm-hmm. Do you do dyeing eggs, like real eggs? 
I've done them before. I like the pretend ones a little bit more because obviously they last longer. Yeah. And there's so many neat ways of doing it that is not just basically dipping them in or painting them. There's so many different ways of you can do them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the kids that are a toddler are interested, but then they can't do some of this stuff. So I feel like I will be posting more so of um, options, different options of different age groups of what they can do for Easter. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. And uh, like dipping eggs and dyeing eggs is fun, but then you literally only can look at them after, right? You can't really like handle yeah. them and play with them versus the plastic I remember ones. there was one year that me and my mom literally poked holes on either side of the eggs and sucked all the yolk out. <laughs> so then I don't even know how we did it. Like, and I did it for when I was doing the before and after school program. So I did about 20 of them. Oh my gosh. For the kids to take them home after and decorate them. Cause I was That's like, wild. I don't want to use a hard boiled egg. Like then what are you going to put in the fridge and then can't, like, you can't eat it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then you just give this kid the stinky egg to take home. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. Awesome. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to add or mention? Um, I think that's everything. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate seeing your face and talking to you in real time (laughs) rather than on social media. For sure. Thanks for having me. I will keep in touch on Instagram and I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks. Bye. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I hope you learned something new. Hit follow or subscribe to get my weekly episode and add me online. It's Let's Get Passionate on both Facebook and Instagram. Have a beautiful day.